What we've been into here lately is this sermon series called Playlist. And many of you think these songs are like my songs. They're not. I'll never forget when I was a young man. Now, the Leonard Skinner one, that's a my song. That's a my song there. Um, but when I was a young man, I asked the pastor that I served under, I said, how do you know what to preach? You, how, how many of you think you could preach? Just be honest. How many of you think you could preach? Okay. How many of you feel like you could preach every week? <laughs> Chad's like, man, I don't know how you churn them out every week, every week. There's a grace for it. And God, it's God. It's not man. We have this, this treasure hidden earthen vessels. It's just an anointing that comes from the Lord. One we're supposed to steward and take care of well. But I remember asking that pastor, hey, how do you know what to preach? And, and he said to me, he said, it, it's, it's, not, it's not like that. He, he said, there's several ways you know what to preach. But one of the primary ways you know what to preach is you let the Holy Spirit show you the needs of the people. And then, and then the needs of the people, you approach those things. So what I've been doing, just so you'll know, is looking out here in my heart with spirit eyes and seeing where people are at and finding a song that opens a conversation that allows your heart to open for me to talk to you about those issues that we see spiritually in your life. Can I, can I, just, can I just be honest with you today? That, that's how that goes. And that's probably probably a little better received or easier understood than I just said, hey, can we get coffee? <laughs> and I said, you know, I really think you've got a problem with self-love. <laughs> you feel be, be like, well, I think I'm in a black, yeah. <laughs> Joseph's a jujitsu expert, brown belt, black belt. I'm not taking you to coffee telling you, hey, I think you've got a problem in this area because you twist my arm behind my back and break it out of socket or something. And then I had to shoot you. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> That's men in jest. So this morning, here's what I thought I would do for all of the newcomers. My, my brother and sister-in-law are here. So grateful to have them here from Milestone Church in, uh, outside of Dallas. But her mother's here, Miss Kim Stanley, lady I love. And, and I don't want Miss Kim coming into church this morning going, what in the world kind of message with that? So I'm just trying to let Miss Kim know <laughs> what we've been doing before I get up here and preach this today. So at least there'll be a little bit of a basis for her to understand why we're going the way that we're going. Also got another couple of very precious people here today that I feel like need to be recognized. Mr. Ed Sabo and his wife, Tiffany, their family's here from Gateway, uh, from uh, Baytown, Texas, Mercy Gate Church, one of our overseers down there, Pastor Don Gibson. Uh, they've been, they were here for opening day. They've been, or been here before with us. Uh, they've supported us. I don't want to put all that business out there financially, prayerfully. Uh, they're like, hey, we're here. We want to see the building, see what's all going on. So I got them hooked up with my boy David Fox here and any of you other big golfers. I need y'all to go play golf with him this week. Love on him. Take care of him and uh, let them know you appreciate their support. Also, Pastor, um, Director Eric Roseboom from ABI, Alaska Bible Institute. Would you please stand up this morning, Eric? He and so many of his family. Uh, are here staying with Todd, and uh, they've been a blessing. We're here serving this morning. They said, what time's church start? I said, like any good pastor, 10, just come a little early. Joseph said, Pastor Joseph said, like any good staff member, seven. Seven, load-ins at seven, baby. Load-ins at seven. So they were all here this morning. Um, if you know anything about Pastor Todd's heart for missions, kingdom builders, outreach, uh, you know that we're going to be working on a way to figure out how we can partner with ABI to support them financially with your missions giving, and then hopefully, prayerfully, maybe some missions trips. How many of you are going to? How many you going to have to have your arm twisted to go on a missions trip to Alaska? Right? Like, there's an Eskimo somewhere up there that needs to know Jesus, and I'm going. <laughs> 
just taking a bow and arrow with me and shooting something first, <laughs> right? I doubt I'll get to go on that one. So week one, a playlist, um, we, we went off of this Leonard Skinner song, Hit It Colt. Now sound man, I gotta do better than that. See, when I did it at Ocean Springs, they cut the guitar off the end. I was trying to jam and they was like, they were like, <laughs> I was like, not at Oak Church, baby. We played that much. <laughs> the whole concept that we went off of with this Leonard's, oh, he was coming back with it round two, was that each of our lives release a fragrance or aroma. They, they really do. And your life stinks to some people and your life smells great to some people. And the Bible says to one person, you're putting off a smell of life and to another person, you're putting off a stench of death. We find out in the book of James where James basically says the pressures we experience in life are given by God to force what's inside of us out of us so the world can smell him living through us. That'll preach. So every time you get under pressure, I need you to hear Leonard Skinner and be reminded of, ooh, that smell, whatever's coming out of you. The second week, I was uh, trying to address something that is, 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 is very prevalent in society today with us learning to love and accept ourselves. And while there's a lot of great mental health wellness teaching and truth in that ideology, there's also some hidden deception in that ideology that is unscriptural and unfounded. Hit it, Colt, so I use this song. Like, like as the, as the biggest clapback ever in all of pop culture, she released that song on Leon Hemsworth's birthday at 12 o'clock Australia time, just to let him know she could take care of herself because he didn't. Whew. He sent her the Bruno Mars song. I should have bought you flowers. I should have held your hand. I should have taken you dancing. So she said, I buy myself flowers. I take myself dancing. I can hold my own hand. <laughs> wow. Um, the third week, <laughs> I'm trying to address um, something that really needs to be addressed, but it's, 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 it's hard to address. And, and in the room that week, uh, which I'm so grateful for the help God gave. There, was, there were 17-year-olds here, 16-year-olds. There, there were people in all different sorts of living conditions. And, and so we were trying to address sex and what God meant in sex and marriage. And so we used this song. All we missing is my brother up here. All we missing is my brother that was up here. I don't know where he's at. He ain't been back to church since. <laughs> and the kicker, when I introduced the song that week, Pastor Rhonda had a Freudian slip, and the minute I introduced, she said, that's mine and Charles' song. <laughs> so I'm just giving you the highlight reel of, of, of each week. And, and then last week, 
Um, Pastor Todd, who you know, has tremendous uh, connections in Alaska. He's an he's a 80s uh, rocker. Uh, he, he worked on the crab's boat, and he knows about it, so he used the Deadliest Catch theme song. Come on, hit it, Cole. Look at all these 80s, baby. <laughs> Maybe I should just keep recapping. The recapping's going so well, I just want him to preach today. How many of you would just give Pastor Todd a hand clap and let him know you appreciate the job he did last week? All right, so this week, I told you to put your boots on and your cowboy hats on. Some of you listen. We were going country. Now, um, I'm going to start with a scripture this morning. And, and, and I asked Pastor Chad, I walked over, I said, did you look at my notes this week? And he was like, no. I was like, you're preaching my sermon this morning. I hadn't even seen you in a week or two. And, and, and we're in the same vein. There's probably hundreds of scriptures I could have used for this passage this morning. But I was really looking for a text that I think would help drive home the point of what God laid on my heart to address this issue of heartbreak or heartache that we all experience in life. You know, as I was hugging people's necks this morning, shaking people's hands this morning, um, it's amazing of how many people, different scenarios, different situations are here with grief this morning, are, are, are here with heartache this morning, here with heartbreak this morning. It, it's not just one issue that causes heartache or heartbreak or grief or loss or mourning. And so I, I just really know that this is what I'm supposed to share and oftentimes when scripture, God-inspired words hit us in the middle of our issues, they're words we don't want to hear. I mean, just to be truthful, you know, we can be in the middle of something. We can be in the middle of a struggle, a, a trial, a difficulty. And when the scripture comes, it says, this is what God would say about this, or this is what God thinks about this. We just dismiss it. It's like a buffet at lunch. We just pick and choose what we want out of the Bible that best fits our feelings and our lives. I'm capable of that. You're capable of that. So I know this is going to seem to fly in the face, be a little cold or insensitive, and it's not. There's a hidden gem in here. Just bear with it for just a moment. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 through 8. I'm going to read it out of the New Living Translation this morning. Very familiar passage of Scripture. Now, again, I'm addressing your heartbreak. So the first words are, don't worry about anything. Well, that's just insensitive. That's, that's just cruel. That's just cold-hearted. What do you, you know, I'm in the middle of the biggest grief loss of my life, and you're telling me not to worry? Trust me, the author of these words knows more than you and I know. Instead, here's an option. Quit worrying about it and start talking to God about it. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done in your past. And then you will experience a peace like no other peace. It's called God's peace, his shalom, which exceeds anything your human mind can comprehend or understand. His peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you continue to live your life in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your stinking thinking. <laughs> Fix your thoughts. Fix them on what's true and what's honorable and what's right and what's pure and what's lovely and what's admirable. Think about, with a concentrated effort, think about these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. 
Father, thank you for this rich passage. God, thank you for these incredible people that are here for Oaks Church, everything you're doing through it. God, I just pray you'd use me today for your purpose to do heart surgery on the people that need it. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hit it, Colt. Let me read these lyrics to you. God made the world in seven short days. They said it was good. Man, I bet it was great. And God made a man, and man ended up lonely. So he said, Lord, please, if I could have only an angel to hold in my arms. So God made a girl, his best work of art. Oh, but he didn't make a place to go when she breaks your heart. So man made a bar. So man made a bar. If you know me, just bear with me for a few minutes this morning. I kind of wrote my heart and soul into this. You know that I'm both a fan, a huge fan of country music. Again, don't think these are necessarily my favorite songs. They're just songs that open up an inroad for conversations. I'm a fan of country music, and I'll tell you, I'm a huge fan of Morgan Wallen. There hasn't been another country artist in the last 30 years that so openly and transparently recorded his own personal struggles of being torn between two worlds. And man, oh man, does this speak to people. He's number one on every list, every chart, even when banded by popular music outlets, still reigning number one. One thing that I love about this particular song is that it records with almost literal accuracy the Genesis account of the story of creation. And again here, we see in the history of creation, God's original intent between a man and a woman. Of course, one thing that glaringly sticks out to me in this writer's choice of words is the assumption that God would be caught off guard by an experience that man would experience in life. Or that God had not made preparation for those who would experience heartache and heartbreak. The dictionary defines heartbreak as crushing grief, anguish, or distress. In today's world, the term brokenhearted usually describes someone who has suffered or experienced a failed relationship, maybe even the loss of a loved one. A simple search of the internet yielded to me this as well, that all and most heartbreak comes from someone going through the, a divorce or experiencing the dropping by another in a relationship. However, if you expand your thought process today, a broken heart may also be brought on by many other reasons, such as disappointments over a family member's lifestyle, the loss of possessions, the failing of a business, the loss of a job. Whatever the cause is, here's what we all know, that the pain of heartache and heartbreak can be enormous. Worldly advice for handling this pain may include many things, such as writing an angry letter, not mailing it, burning it, tearing it up. Oh, I love this one. <laughs> Purging social media of all of your pictures of past relationships with this individual. 
going on a shopping spree, getting a mommy makeover, partying it up, eating chocolate, drinking, taking medication, etc. Some would even advocate all it takes is a little positive thinking. And the most common cure offered by the sages of the world is time heals all wounds. Please let me point out that the world's focus in all of this is ridding you or soothing you of a feeling. Only scratching, scratching or tickling the surface. None have offered any or real suggestions about how to heal the weightier matter of the heart. The Bible says that God not only looks on the heart, but God is concerned about the heart of creation that he made. And while I'm a huge fan of country music, huge fan of Morgan Wallen, I am more of a fan of God. Honestly, I'm more of a fan. I'm a disciple. And over the many years of my life of growing throughout the process of discipleship, I've discovered that this song, even while I love it, it's not accurate. You got to be careful when you listen to it. It's catchy. It speaks to people. It touches their pain and sells millions upon millions of downloads, records. The truth is, it's just simply not true. God was not caught off guard by heartache or heartbreak. And here's what I don't want as your pastor. I don't want you attending Oaks Church and you thinking during the difficult times of your life, no matter what brings that heartache or heartbreak on, that God doesn't have real and meaningful solutions for you that can help you and that what you need to do is turn to the substitutes that this world offers to only medicate or inebriate you in the time of your pain. Number one, I'm going to just throw this on the screen and, and I'm going to spend some time working on this this morning. This is going to seem contradictory. You're, you're not really probably even going to know what I mean by just the first reading of the statement. Heartache is felt because of heart joy. Let me just explain it to you this way. You don't understand what light is until you understand what darkness is. You, you, you don't understand what it is to feel heartache unless there is the possibility also given by God for your heart to be full of joy. Both experiences have been created by God. Neither one of them catch him by surprise. They catch you by surprise. Here's what Philippians says, 4 and 6. Don't worry about anything. Instead, learn to talk to God about everything. Tell God what you need, and check this out. And while you're telling him what you need, I need patience. I need growth. I need healing. I need purity. I need deliverance. Be sure and thank him for everything he's done up until this point. You mean thank him for the divorce? Yes. You mean thank him for the failed marriage? Yes. You mean thank him for the addiction? Yes. You mean thank him for the hard times? Yes. You mean thank him for the people that gave up on me? What? Yes. Thank God for everything he's done on all sides of the chasm, good or bad, because they were all being used by God to form you. I'm gonna go deeper here, I promise. Make some statements. You know, worrying is just borrowing tomorrow's troubles. Jesus said it like this, Matthew 6 and 27, for all of my worriers in the room. Can you, by worrying, add one cubit to your statue, one moment to your life, or change the color of your hair? One hair. I know there's some women in here that wish they could change their hair color by worrying. You, you'd, have a, you'd have a new hair color every week. 
as much worrying as we sit around and do. This is what Jesus said. Listen to what Leo Bascalia said. Worrying never robs tomorrow of the sorrows that are waiting there. It only zaps and saps today of the joy you could have experienced. I want to make another couple of statements. Prayer, I think we've forgotten, has real power. Listen to this, James 5 and 16. It says, and the earnest prayers of godly people also have connected to them great power that change the world you live in and produce wonderful results. The Bible says that talking to God has the power to change you. When you can't change people, you can talk to God about people, and God can change people. God can change their heart. God can, oftentimes we feel so insignificant when we result to prayer, feeling like that it's inadequate to meet the needs, but it is the most powerful thing that we can do to see any situation change. And oftentimes the change is in us not in them. Prayer isn't you changing God, it's God changing you. Listen to this. Those who spend the most time kneeling in their lives are oftentimes those who spend the most time standing in their lives. That was Dr. D.L. Moody. Let me, let me share something else with you here. Don't forget all the things God has done for you in your life. Doris Day said, gratitude is riches. Complaint is poverty. Choose today a rich life or an impoverished life. You know pain because God also lets you know joy. You know darkness because you've also experienced light. Check this out. It takes a father to reveal a son, and it takes a son to reveal a father. I think that's Bible. My father has entrusted everything to me and no one truly knows the son except the father and no one truly knows the father except the son and whom the son chooses to reveal him. You might know Foster Ridge, but you don't know him as my son unless I'm in his life as his father. You may be lost right now in trying to put together what I'm saying to you and I could maybe sum it up and simplify it like this. While you are oftentimes caught by the surprises of life that let you down and break your heart, I'm let down and my heart is broken in life, you have to understand when God created man, put man in this world, God knew the chasm of all of life's experiences when he put you in this life knowing that you would experience good and evil, setups and setbacks, failures and successes, and God knew that you would need help in every single one of them, but the greatest gift that God gave all humanity is the free will to experience every one of them. What people want is a puppet master, a radical sovereignty from God that is setting in heaven and pulling streams. Well, why would God let 9-11 happen? Listen to me. I'm not advocating for what happened on 9-11. I'm not advocating for terrorism in any nation. But if we serve a God who radically controls every experience in life, then you have no free will and he's not God because it's his choice to give you free will that secures his sovereignty as God, that no matter what you do, he still reigns sovereignly supreme. The greatest gift he ever gave you is the gift of failing or succeeding. 
experiencing a great marriage or a failed marriage only further proves that he's God and trusts you enough to make good decisions with the freedoms he's given you. Listen to this. With this potential for pain that comes in this human experience, he certainly was not caught off guard by this. He knew that we at times would choose wrong. Therefore, when God gave us this great gift to choose that would sometimes lead us to victory and sometimes lead us to defeat, God who lovingly created us and gave us these freedoms also provided processes, provisions, strategies of success to help our hearts in the worst time of our failures. It's like saying, I created this piece of equipment. I created this toy, but I didn't give you any batteries to operate it. God's saying, I created you. I've given you the freedom to choose all the different experiences in life. Some will lead you to victory. Some will lead you to destruction. And if you, with your freedom, choose things that lead you to destruction, I've also sent a backup plan, an extra set of batteries, a life raft to help you get out of the heartache and the heartbreak. Not so that you can keep staying stuck on stupid making the same mistakes, experiencing the same heartache so that that life raft can pull your narrow tail back to safety and hopefully you get up and say, I may have fallen seven times, but I ain't fallen an eighth time. A dog may go back to his vomit, but I'm not going back to my mire. I'm getting up and getting out of this. And oh, thank God that even though I was free to choose wrong, you love me in my wrong and help me get out of wrong and back to right. Listen to what Psalm 62 eight says. Oh, my people, trust in him at all times. Pour out your heart's grief and complaint to him. For God is our refuge in the times of trouble. I'm going to go deep. We're just getting started. Put number two on the screen. Peace is more powerful than pain. Anybody ever felt pain in here? Anybody ever felt pain over any of those scenarios? Maybe you lost family members. Maybe you've struggled with oppression. Maybe you've struggled with depression. Maybe, I, I don't know. I, I really am even scared to like make up scenarios because I don't want people feel like I'm talking specifically about them and this is a small room. I, I'm just simply saying that I have experienced pain in my life. I would not say his name, but there was a young man here this morning and, and, he's, and he's, he's accomplishing a milestone in his life to where he's at. He's, he's completing a program. And, and three times he said to me before church, my mom's not going to make it. And, and it just told me indirectly that his mom being here with him today for this accomplishment, for this milestone meant a lot to him. But at the same time, he was simultaneously experiencing pain that no one in his family was here to celebrate him and hold his hand and walk him through that. There is pain out there in the world and this pain can become enormous it can cripple you it can stifle you it can break you it can pollute you it can pull you backwards then here's what the Bible says you will experience God's peace which is more powerful 
than your pain, which exceeds anything you can understand. What he's saying is two plus two logically equals four, and your brain can have the mental ascent that gives you peace. You owe me $2, I'm adding it $2, there's $4 in my bank account. But there is a peace from God that transgresses, transpasses, supersedes what your mind can understand or comprehend. There is a peace that you can sense, that you can know, that will set in on you from God that is more powerful from any pain any of us have ever experienced and God is saying it's hidden right here in this text hit it Cole hit the song double click turn it up Jared please sir guess my hearing's getting bad So she left you, so he left you, so the company went out of business, so the kids lost their minds, so the family member turned their back on you, and and, and God who created you, who sovereignly gave you the ability to experience freely all of these rich experiences in life that are oftentimes on opposite ends of the spectrum of each other in life, was caught off guard by this. He didn't see it coming. And now you've left to your own. You've got to find a substitute that can mask the pain that you're feeling. So man made a bar. So man made a pill. So man made a shot. So man made a feeling. So man made a... Because these are the real solutions. These are the real answers. So many... In their times of pain, run to these substitutes. I I know I have. Bars, most of the times in a time of heartache, not all the time, but in the times of heartache. Bars, because people are lonely. Alcohol, so that I can can dilute the pain. This is Bible. Proverbs 31, 6 and 7. Alcohol, strong drink, is for the dying. There is no medicine. There's no morphine. Give it to those who are in bitter distress. Let them drink and forget their sorrows so that they experience trouble no more. It's like I'm trying to saw your leg off in the Civil War. My God, give the man three shots of whiskey. (laughs) Bite down on the boot leather, brother, and get to sawing. Oh, my wife left. (laughs) Give me the bottle. (laughs) Give me the boot leather. Not the same. People in this time of heartache, they run to other women to fill a void. They run to other men to fill a void. God's promise to us, it's right here in Scripture, I'll send you peace that's better than any of this. It transcends any of this. It supersedes any of it. You can't even comprehend it. It's something you got to experience. He can do you. Can't nobody do me like Jesus. I said, can't nobody do me like the Lord. Ain't no high like the most high. I'm just telling you, I don't need the substitute because like Coca-Cola, I've had the, and even when I use the substitute, I'm like, this ain't got nothing, this dumb. Listen, 
God has promised to send peace, but this peace don't just come on anybody. Haphazardly, it's only promised to those that obey the process. Check this out. I'm going to show you a nugget here. The Bible says that this peace, for all of you literal Bible students, check this out. It says, and you will experience God's peace, which exceeds any things you will understand. His peace will guard. See that word guard in the King James, in the, in the Koinonia Greek, it says, shall keep, shall keep. It is a Koinonia Greek word that says he is the referee. He is the umpire. And when things start coming into your heart, this peace is not only a feeling. This peace is not only a sensation. This shalom from God is not only an overwhelming feeling. He is an umpire. He's a guard standing outside the doors of your heart. And when the enemies of depression try to come in, when the enemies of fear try to come in, when the enemies of oppression, when the enemies of paralyzation, when they try to come in, he, God's peace, not only keeps you at peace, he fits them off and then he turns to the peace that's inside of you when your heart tries to expel it and keep you from experiencing it he guards that peace and makes sure it stays in you there is an umpire a guard from God inside of our heart that keeps us at peace that the world will never understand when we submit to God's process so God made the world seven short days they said it was good no I bet it was great God made man, and man got lonely. Oh, God, if I could only have an angel to hold in my arms. I felt the man right there do this. Uh, uh, tell you a corny joke. God was rolling all the creation out there. Hadam, Adam was sitting on the right. He said, giraffe, hippopotamus, zebra, snake. He's naming all this stuff. That was a long job. He had to name everything. He said, whatever you name it, I'm going to call it. All of a sudden, God said, I got one more thing. He wrote, she come trying to, he said, whoa, man. I ain't never seen nothing like that before. He said, she's woman in, whoa, man. She came out of you. Okay, back to the message. If I could only have this angel to hold in my arms, but God, you forgot one thing. With this heart joy, this blissful marriage, these wonderful experiences of life, I didn't see the valley coming of hard times, of, of tight financial situations, of, of miscommunications, of being misunderstood. I, I didn't see this coming where we weren't. And, and God, I don't know what to do because you didn't seem to provide a solution. So I'm going to go make a bar. I'm going to give me some drinking buddies. I'm going to give me some party friends. I'm going to get me some liquor. I'm going to give me some drugs. I'm going to give me some pills. I'm going to get some sensations, some prostitutes, whatever it takes to mask and to medicate and to cover this pain because God, you didn't provide something for this. And God said, oh, yes, I did. Oh, oh, yes, I did. Oh, yes, I did. Oh, yes, I did. Here's what the Bible says, Psalm 46, 1 through 3. God is our refuge. God is our strength. He's always, I don't care what they told you at your last church, ready to help in the times of your trouble. You say, well, I did it to myself. So he's ready to help in the times of, well, this is my 10th time. So he's always ready to help in the times of trouble. 
So we do not fear when the earth quakes and when the mountains crumble around us and our lives to the sea. Let the oceans rage. Let the oceans foam. Let them roar. Let the mountains tremble. Let the water surge of life all around me. My God is an ever-present help, ready to help me in my time of trouble if I will call to him. The Bible says, Psalm 147.3, Pastor Chad preaching my message. He said, God heals the brokenhearted, and he bandages up their wounds. God heals the brokenhearted and bandages up their wounds. Now, that's a first. We've had a 1,000 people get up a Sunday, which if you're getting up and down in church, please stop getting up and down in church. Please. Please stop getting up and down in church. You're distracting other people, and I'm about one getter up or away from calling you out. <laughs> you know I do it. <laughs> Then my boy came back and sat down quick right there. <laughs> Woo! I've never had a Dodge 1500 Ram pull up on the back porch. Lord have mercy. <laughs> we didn't have a man die in the parking lot. Kids have to be stabbed with an EpiPen. Trucks drive up. People get out vaping out front. Lord, the joys of mobile church. I love y'all, though. I love y'all. He heals the brokenhearted. He bandages up their wounds. While there are many forms of heartache, listen to me, there's only one who can heal your broken heart. Everything this world offers is only superficial. It's only surface. It's only for the night. It's only for the duration of the pill. It's only for the week. It's only for the relationship. But it's not internal. It can't heal you from the inside out. Listen to me. It oftentimes takes huge faith. It takes trial, it takes errors, it takes ups, it takes down, it takes setbacks, step ups. But listen to me, I'm telling you from experience, God can heal your broken heart. Number three, and I'm gonna start getting on with the getting on. This is where most of us really need the most help anyways. We've gotta manage our own minds. We've gotta manage our own minds. Can, can I tell you? What I grew up listening to, I'm just being honest. I promise you, if you pulled out your Spotify, your Apple Music right now, you can't play a Conway Twitty, George Jones, Randy Travis. I mean, George Strait was even too new school for me. I grew up on a farm in DeSoto Parish with the man that raised me, my adopted dad, Chuck Burford. And that's not who passed away the other day. My mama left him when I was 15 years old for the last time over his alcohol addiction, which she needed to leave. I don't fault her for it. And every night before I had driver's license, I drove an F-250 truck to every honky-tonk from Shreveport to Mansfield. As many as we could get to, I knew every song in the jukebox. You couldn't beat me on a pool table driving my broken-hearted, alcoholic, adopted father from dive to dive, listening to country music, say the substitute is the answer. The substitute is the answer for my pain. I listen to those poets write their lyrics about them not managing their memories, but letting their minds run wild, relive the memories. Step right up. Come on in. 
If you'd like to take the grand tour, George John walks, her, uh, walks you all the way through the house they lived. He's sitting on that bar stool thinking about the life they had, their kids' room, the bed they made love in. I mean, he is just terrorizing himself with those memories. Now, you think I'm talking about country music. You think I'm telling you a story about my life to let you know more about me. No, I'm hoping that when I transparently tell you this stuff, the Holy Spirit is talking to you about where your mind is running wild with hurt and pain and difficulty and letdown and where this is invading your mind, invading your peace, causing you to be hard-hearted, causing you to be bitter, causing you to have unrest, causing you to be distrusting, causing your life to be distorted today and not be the abundant life that God promised you you can really have because you're not managing your mind. You're listening to people give you advice as your counselors that you shouldn't take advice from. Don't take advice from people you wouldn't accept criticism from. If people can't correct you, they can't protect you. People see things that love you and they wanna help you and they're offering loving correction to help you get out of the troubles that you're in. Many of your minds are just running wild. And now, brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your stinking thinking. Fix your thoughts, not on what he did, not on what she did, not on how they hurt you, not on reliving the pain. Fix your thoughts on what's true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Think on some things that are actually worth thinking about. Second Corinthians chapter 10 says this. There's a, a hidden nugget in here. It says, we are human. But when it comes to spiritual warfare like this, God didn't leave us without weapons. We use God's mighty spiritual weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds in our own minds, the strongholds in our own human reasoning, and to destroy the false arguments that the world tried to give us and tell us is correct. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps us from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and we make those thoughts obey the thoughts of Christ. Don't sound like the Christianity you signed up for, does it? That's Bible Christianity. You have a responsibility and a weapon from God to grab a hold to your mind and to say, I'm not thinking about that. I'm putting an eviction notice on the door. I don't need to know who you were with. I don't need to know what y'all did. I don't need to know that. I don't need to relive that childhood memory. I don't need, I remember it. It's in my rear view mirror. It's a part of my past. It's what God has used to make me, but I'm not living there. I got a windshield in front of me and it is way bigger than my rear view mirror. I'm going forward into success, into healing, into victory, into a new season. This is the life God has for me in my tomorrow, not in my yesterday. You got to move that way. We got to bring those thoughts down. 
capture them, but pulling thoughts down is only the first part and most people stop there. Listen to me, I just want to encourage you for just a second. The Lord hears his people when they call to him in their times of trouble, when their hearts desperately cry for his help. He rescues them from not some of their troubles, not a few of their troubles. He will rescue them from all of their troubles. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those who have been crushed in their spirit. The righteous person will face many troubles in their life, but it is the Lord who will rescue him or her each and every time. Replacing those thoughts is just as important as pulling them down. It may look like spiritual warfare. It may be ugly. You don't know what it was when every moment of every day, all I thought about was knocking off a 7-Eleven to get cocaine, to draw it up in a needle, heat it up in a spoon, and shoot it in my arm. I walked around fighting spiritual warfare in my brain, taking those thoughts captive, and then replacing them with one day I want to be a daddy, one day I want to be a husband, one day I want to be a preacher, One day I want to be sober. One day I want to be free from prison. I would pull it down and then I would put a new thought up. I would pull it down and put a new thought up and it got to where it would go from every second to every minute and then to every three days and then to every week until now today is something I got to remember to even think about because the Lord does such a good job of healing those whose hearts are broken and spirits are crushed. It's called Thought replacement. Don't let your mind have free range. Listen to me, man. If you let your mind go on cruise control, here's what you'll learn. You'll either learn to control your mind in this life or you'll learn your mind is controlling you. Mike Tyson, I'm going to quote him, said this. If you don't train your mind to be strong, you'll always be a prisoner to your feelings. Mike Tyson said, if you don't train your mind to be stronger than your feelings, you will always be a prisoner to your feelings. Isaiah 43 and 2 says this, when you go through the deep waters, I, your God, promise you, I will be with you. When you go through the rivers of difficulty in this life, some of your own doing, I will not let you drown. When you walk through the fires of hate and oppression, you will not be burned up. Their flames may kindle upon you, but they will never consume you. Being responsible for your own way of thinking may be a new way of thinking for many of us, but it is required if you're ever going to experience the healing of heartache and heartbreak. One of the greatest ways to be irresponsible with your life is to let your mind and your feelings dominate how you live. We think irresponsibility is drinking and driving. We think irresponsibility is not taking care of your children. You can be hiddenly irresponsible by letting everything you feel and everything you think be the course of how your life is driven. Just because you think it doesn't mean it's real. Just because you feel it doesn't mean it's actually the truth. Pastor Chad, I want you to come now and help me land this plane. It's 1130 on the dot and I got to get out of here. You see, the truth of the matter is that God's given humanity this enormous gift, the gift of experiencing every experience we all experience under the sun. The Bible says you can thank God for every one of them, the good days and the bad days. Romans 8 and 28, we know that all things work together for good for those who've made the decision, I'm going to love God with my heart, mind, soul, and strength. 
God's using even the bad things to grow you, even to mold you, even to shape you, to make you the person you're supposed to be. It's forcing what's in you on the outside of you, not just for the world to see, for you to see what's in you. They're all gifts to us. They're known to us, felt by us, because God allows us to experience every one of them. Again, let's go back to the puppet master. If God radically, sovereignly controls every experience in your life, then he's not God. And you're not free. Think about that. God allows you choice. Me choice. Doesn't mean every choice is right. How many of you know traditions change? How many of you know culture changes? How many of you know experiences change? God never changes. I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. I am the Lord God Almighty. I change not. Can I tell you what flows from God? Holiness, morality. Look at me, morality has never changed. Holiness has never changed. That doesn't mean we all hit the bullseye. And God knew we weren't going to hit the bullseye. He's God. I created you. I've shown you the target. You're not going to hit it. When you miss it, let me show you how I can help you get back on course. God's not threatened by your free will. He gave it to you. But if God's just pulling the strings, then you don't have a choice. You don't have a choice. And then he's not God. You know what he is? He's a dictator who's predetermined every decision you'll make in your life. That's not scripture. That's not Bible. He said, I'm so much God, I'm not threatened by your ability to choose. And when you choose, often wrongly, I love you so much, I'll help you get back right. So God made the world. Seven short days. You don't have to play it. Just listen to what he's preaching. God made the world. Seven short days. They said it was good. I bet it was great. God made man. Man got lonely. That's true. That's all Bible. That's the account of Genesis story of Adam and Eve man she came out there that's his best work of art whoa man (laughs) whoa man (laughs) oh but she broke my heart well did you get to experience joy yes they were both gifts in the high times can God show you how to be successful and sustain it you bet your bottom dollar you don't have to you don't you don't have to do well in life and get to the top and self-sabotage and fall again that that's not God's plan God has a plan to keep if you once you once you get to a place of wholeness God can sustain you and keep you there but also God knows that in your failure or in man's failure when you hurt when you have pain when you experience it you're gonna be there and I've also made provision for that as well So stop worrying. That's what he says. Stop worrying. 
You're barring tomorrow's trouble. Instead, learn to talk to God, who's the only one with the real answers. Tell him what you need. I need my heart healed, God, because I understand you're the only one that can heal it. You know, I sobered up in three days, and all I had was a bad bank account and a headache. And a bunch of people hurt and mad at me. Tell God what you need. God, I need my heart healed. God, I thank you. I I thank you because I I remember now. God, I do remember. You picked me up last time. I remember when you visited me in that hospital bed. God, I do remember that time you came through for my mom. God, I do remember. Oh, yeah. Thank you for all he's done. It'll build your face. Then all of a sudden, God's peace. Man, (laughs) he's standing at the door of your heart. And every time something negative and nasty tries to come in, he's fighting it off. How many of you watch them Tigers? How many, how many of you watch those NCAA National Championship LSU Tigers? Uh, come on. Go Tigers, right? <laughs> set the record. 24 hits. Coll- collegiate record. Never been set. 24 hits in a ball game. Came back dominated. Right? <laughs> that boy was throwing them balls in there, that umpire. He rung him up one time like Chewy out at Squire Creek. Any of y'all ever played Squire Creek? God, there's names. Chewy. <laughs> Chewy coach. He's an umpire too up at Rustin. <laughs> strike. He'll call that first one. That second one, he'll say, strike. And that third one, he'll say, strike. He'll ring them up. <laughs> that umpire was calling up. That's what the guard does. He's standing at your heart and there's a good thought coming. Strike. He lets it in. That good thought. Strike. He lets it in. Ball. He says, you can't come here. That umpire's calling those balls and those strikes in your heart. Deflecting that stuff. God's peace setting in on you. You shall pass, you shall not pass. You shall pass, you shall not pass. This is from God, it's not even from you. It's amazing. And then he comes back and he says, and there's one more final thing. Now that God's doing his part, you gotta do your part and fix your stinking thinking. You gotta pull that nasty stuff down. You gotta quit mulling. You can't say, step right up. Come on. You can't relive it. You can't walk through it every day. Can can I tell them? Can I tell them don't get mad at me? Can I tell them? We're driving down the road. And out of nowhere, out of nowhere, listen, here's how your mind works. I told this to a couple of my good friends yesterday. They laughed at me. Oh, God, this hurts so bad, but it's so needed. I'm riding down the road, and I looked at Brooke. I said, how many boyfriends do you have in college? (laughs) I've been married to this woman 14 years. I was in prison when she was in college. I didn't even know her. (laughs) What what does it even matter, right? (laughs) Right? (laughs) George Jones in my brain, step right up. I was ready to relive it all. (laughs) I I was like, why am I going to terrorize myself with this? (laughs) All of a sudden, that guard came in. Ball! (laughs) You ain't welcome here. I wouldn't have enjoyed my vacation. I'd have been mad about something I had no control over. Something that I wasn't even part of. (laughs) That's what you're doing. He said, okay, God's doing his part. Now you fix your stinking thinking. Pull that negativity down. Pull that cynicalness down. Pull that bitterness down. Pull that hate down. And put some good stuff in there. And then all of a sudden I started thinking, man, I've been married to this woman for years. I got three kids with this woman. We've got a great life. Every dream I had as a young man who was radically saved, God's brought every one of them to pass. And then some, what in the world am I doing over here trying to George Jones walk through the horrors of yesterday? 
And then she hit me with the killer, with the dagger. <laughs> she said, try being me. I said, Lord, I pray for peace over her right now. Lord, I need the, I was speaking in tongues, praying peace over her heart. I was like, you know what, where you want to go eat? Let's do something different. Change the subject, back off, rear view mirror, get in the windshield, we moving forward. Sorry. That's what your brain will do to your life. It'll hijack you. They mean well, it appeals, it touches people, it sells records. You know why? Because we're oftentimes all caught there. That's why I love him. I'm glad he's putting it out there because that's where we're all at. But it gives me one heck of a sermon topic to address the needs that most of us need to hear about. Again, none of this caught God by surprise. He was aware and is aware of many of the experiences, the grief that we all experience in life. Just remember. God's made provision. I want to give you some other healthy solutions because we're all about applicability here, all about like, can I take something with me and start applying it tomorrow? You know, you may not quite be there yet in, 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 in that walk with God. You may not quite, we reach lost people. You, you, you may, you know, say, I don't even know how to pray. I mean, what is this? He's talking about some guard showing up in my heart. Is that literal, not literal? I mean, that all may, that may be overly spiritual for you. It's an experience. God is a spiritual God. God created your spirit. You are a spiritual being. And trust me, every bit of that is true. But just some applicable physical things that I can tell you are healthy solutions for heartbreak is downtime. Downtime. You, 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 we think our, our bodies are machines. We think we, we just move on to the next thing. And it's the worst thing that we do because we just bring the baggage of past hurt into the next thing. And, and then we self-destruct. We self-fulfill prophecy by recreating the last experience in the next situation because we're still toting yesterday's mess into our new season. You got to take downtime. Get some solid friends, not friends that always go along with your stuff, always tell you what you want to hear. Solid friends that love you encouragement man the power of encouragement to say pick yourself up get back up dream again live again is powerful an outlet to talk about it whether it's a counselor whether it's a small group leader an outlet to talk verbal processing is real and it helps man something i really love this is just my thing i i, I need to understand i'm like a literal guy like i need to understand how this chainsaw works i need to understand how this lawnmower works i need to understand why that cable runs that screen like my brain why does my brain feel this why does my spirit feel this why does my childhood why did i emotional suppress what are triggers for me what are things i need to watch how can i have have mental cognitive awareness to catch myself when i get to this point where i'm about to act this way i feel it i sense what are some things that i can do to handle this like for me seeking to understand really helps so seeking understanding I know can lead you to a path of health again. Man, take a trip, a good trip. Go somewhere, see some new sights, experience some new things. What I discover every time I go somewhere is the world's a whole lot bigger than I think it is. The world caves in around you and you feel small, it feels small. Take a trip, go seize the world. You, it, it opens up possibilities again. Write some letters, even if you never mail them, even if you never burn them, even if you never tear them up, write some letters, get your emotions out of you. Time is a great healer. It is a great healer, but it can't always heal your heart. And you'll notice at the end here, I mentioned new possibilities, new opportunities, new relationships. Just something Brooke and I have always just coached people is make sure 
make sure you can be alone before you try to be with somebody. If you're not okay with you, the chances of someone else being okay with you are, are very unlikely. Oftentimes you need alone time, downtime. I've got to be good with me before the God in me can help me love and be with somebody else. All I simply hope to do today was show you that God has answers, the right answers, the ones that can ultimately heal your heart. Here's what I want us to do. I I wrote a, a bunch of stuff here. I probably said it all. I just just think this is important before we pray only God only God even by the world's advice only God is said to heal the heart he's the only one that can heal it because he's the only one that created it Psalm 147 verse 3 he heals the brokenhearted then say he mends them up he heals the brokenhearted I don't know what your heartbreak is today I don't know what your pain is today your grief is today I don't I don't know what's what's let you down but I do think the first sentence of this song is prophetic I think the first sentence of this song is prophetic again he's allowing you to see himself being torn between two worlds You know what the first sentence of this song is? He says, I sat down on this bar stool like a darn fool. First sentence says, I know I'm only running to a substitute. So many of us run to substitutes. This morning, that's that's not our heart. And this isn't about bars only or alcohol, drugs, or prescriptions. It's, It's bigger than all that. I'm just using one thing to create a perch to fly from or to speak from.